Hate, Hate to Love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Shelby, it is a good day to be alive because Eurovision Song Contest, colon, the story Ooh. of Fire Saga is in our lives and on <laughs> Netflix for everyone to watch. Yes. I um, Were you aware of this before it came out? Were you looking forward yes. to it, I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I talked about this on our oh, okay, yeah, sure. on our preview episode yeah, yeah, for yeah. the year. If I didn't, if <laughs> I didn't talk about it, it was on my list because I was like Eurovision Song Contest. This sounds like a wild ride, and I'm not a huge <laughs> Will Ferrell fan normally, but I was like, this feels like it could be up my alley. <laughs> well, congrats to you because uh, without coronavirus, we probably would have been covering a much bigger deal of a musical movie in the heights was scheduled to come Uh, out last weekend so would you have rather covered eurovision or in the heights i mean (laughs) going in blind i would say in the heights now having seen eurovision i don't know it's big shoes for in the heights to fill i think Could Lin-Manuel Miranda beat the Will Ferrell Eurovision sing-off? Tough call. I mean, we'll have to wait and see a year when In the Heights is scheduled to come out. But, I mean, yeah, Eurovision, here we are. (laughs) Truly, uh, Lin-Manuel, like, replaced himself, though, as well, because the Hamilton movie on Disney Plus comes out next week, this weekend, I think. So, Oh, yes, you're right. He just saw an opening. Mm-hmm. He's like the people want more of me, so let me. The just people do this. always. <laughs> he always thinks that people want more of him. Honestly, yeah. shocked that he wasn't in Eurovision Song yeah. Contest. This is a perfect <laughs> place for both him and James Corden to like rear their ugly oh, heads. Probably talking and yet, to their agents right now. They're like, how can I get on board with the season yeah. for this? <laughs> yeah. And I just looked it up, and you're right. You did talk about Eurovision, so you're a true fan. You're a big believer. You're yes. a Will Ferrell stan. And this this was one of your most looked forward to of 2020 and one of the few that you actually got to see. So, yes. congrats I know. to you. <laughs> oh, I'm living the dream. Yes. yes. <laughs> I really only, I mean, I guess I heard about it when you mentioned it, but it left my memory completely until like a couple weeks ago, they were promoting it on on Twitter and I saw like a clip of what would become the volcano man scene from the film and I was like oh wow Rachel McAdams like I really loved her in game night I think she's a super funny comedy actress and I'm excited to see her kind of show more of those comedy chops so when they when it popped up on Netflix I was like yeah I'll watch this but I didn't know we'd be covering it um until we realized there was nothing else uh coming out so you know the lord provides in mysterious (laughs) ways uh yeah so for those of you who do not know eurovision song contest colon the story of fire saga which is i think the worst movie title ever and we'll have to discuss that (laughs) um is the new will ferrell rachel mcadams movie that is out on netflix for for I don't know how familiar like the general U.S. population is with Eurovision, but it's sort of like a giant American Idol type show that takes place in Europe where each country has an act and they all compete against each other. And so this is in this movie, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams are from 
Iceland. They are a music duo that is competing in this competition. Um, And so, yes, they're Fire Saga. And so, yeah, it's just like a big, fun (laughs) musical that's set in this weird Eurovision rule. Pierce Brosnan is is in it. Dan (laughs) Stevens is in it from... um, Downton Abbey, Demi Lovato was in there for a little bit. So, yeah, it's a wild And ride. there's a bunch of cameos of actual Eurovision stars, I'm assuming. Yes. Because, okay, there's a moment oh, yeah. where it seems like there's a million cameos happening, and I just wasn't aware of any of the people, <laughs> which I felt bad about, but it seemed like a good time for everyone involved. Yes. I mean, I... So I will just say, I watched this this weekend, was smitten with it immediately, loved every second of it, read a million articles about it. So despite the fact that I have never watched one single second of Eurovision, I now feel like I'm a mild expert in the in it. And yeah, there's a lot of people who um, who competed in past Eurovisions who are in this movie in various capacities so which is kind of funny because it's i mean it is it's a weird movie right because part of it is definitely making fun of eurovision right and it's also it's also written by americans who are poking fun of europeans but also making fun of americans and so there is a lightheartedness to the entire endeavor so it sort of makes me think that eurovision is maybe self-aware of its own uh cheesiness or you know i I think eurovision was involved in the making of this and apparently in some of the articles that i read they have (laughs) done sort of like stunts making fun of themselves like as part of the eurovision contest board i mean never like a full movie but they have done like skits and things making (laughs) fun of themselves because i think you know like anything that happens year after year there's all kinds of weird idiosyncrasies with like the voting and which countries do well like there's a joke in the movie about how the uk is like never good and i guess that's a thing with eurovision like despite (laughs) the fact that you would think that uk would maybe be good because they have Mm -hmm. prominent musicians in the world they're always really bad and and then also like there was a joke in um and here at one point about how someone, some one of the musicians from San Marino was like crying for no reason. And I guess that is something that actually happened one year in Eurovision where this performer was just like crying and everyone was like, why? We don't yeah. know. He was just so moved by his own song that he started crying. I will say I had zero expectations going into the, Well, actually, I probably had like negative expectations. I've, I mean, especially coming off of like, these other like comedians netflix films like the wrong missy as a terrible terrible oh. example and every adam sandler movie on you know whatever he's churned out with himself in it on netflix so i was like okay this is like some sort of vanity project where they'll think they're way funnier than they actually are and like i don't know how they convinced rachel mcadams to be in this but it's gonna be bad and so i sort of watched it like grudgingly expecting to laugh at it but it, it ended up being a lot better than I thought it would be. And it ended up being a lot sweeter than I ever expected. So for me, I think I, it definitely, this is when it picked up for me. Because the first, the first act is sort of just Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams in Iceland. He has wanted to win Eurovision since he was a little kid. And his dream has just been impossible because no one takes him seriously. His own dad doesn't like him. The the local pub where they perform never wants to hear their stuff. 
And so it's all just sort of like, you know, centralized on these two and their small country life and and his big dreams and her wish for him to like him. But then (laughs) what really just like set fire to this movie and like just brought so much energy and joy for me was Dan effing Stevens. I loved him in this. And I... I mean, yeah, in Downton Abbey, I thought he was like fine or whatever. But then he did that thing where I'm like, I'm quitting to make it in Hollywood. And I was like, I roll like you're not that special, Dan. (laughs) And so like in Beauty and the Beast, I didn't think he was good. And that's all I've ever really seen him in unless he was in like weird little bit roles here and there. And so when he popped up, I was like, what is he doing here? But he was having so much fun and he looked so dang good doing it. And I was just enamored with everything he was bringing to it. And it really, I think him and also obviously widening the show to have this whole Eurovision cast and them sort of dealing with all that that comes with it was just a lot of fun and really picked up the energy of the movie for me. I also really liked that the they they have Rachel McAdams and Dan Stevens in this and Pierce Brosnan for that matter all of whom like <laughs> you could you could see sort of like singing in some you know like mediocre capacity but the fact right. that they were like nope we're just we're not none of you are going to be doing your own singing we're getting people to sing for you that's what who actually have good voices I was like yes yeah. this is great like this was such a good decision and it just <laughs> makes it feel like no one is really taking themselves too seriously which I think yeah. is good especially coming off of something like Cats or you know like Les Mis <laughs> or something where it's just like a musical but it's so I don't know, kind of dour. This was so much fun. Yeah, and Dan Stevens is wild. He's another competitor in the Eurovision competition. (laughs) He's from Russia, and he's like, I don't even know how you would describe him. Like, he's always got, like, his shirt unbuttoned down all the way, and it's very, like, a lot of bravado. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's just, like, like, Dan Stevens, like I said, he's never been, like, He's never been like that appealing of a guy as far as acting or looks go. But in this movie, I was like, I turned around and I was like, he looks really hot in this movie. Oh, you were like attracted yeah. to him. Oh, yeah. I oh. thought he looked great and he was having so much fun. And he just has like this. I mean, he sings this song about being like the lion or something. And that sort of like gives you an idea of the energy he's bringing to this. Lion of love. Yeah. And he's also, and the person who's voicing him is like an opera singer, sort of. (laughs) So that's the angle, too. Truly amazing. And I think the movie, while there was one central storyline that really bothered me, it ultimately like saved itself because it never like fell into these really cliche traps. Like I kept waiting for Dan Stevens to turn out to be like nefarious and evil and sabotaging them somehow. But he's not really. He's just kind of like friendly and sort of into Rachel McAdams' character for whatever reason, and looking for his own slice of happiness as a as a more colorful man from Russia. Um, and then you have all these other characters that you just expect to kind of fall into these, yeah, cliche traps. But it really managed to be like obviously predictable in the sense that you know you'll get a happy ending but it was pleasantly like surprising how it meandered through these different situations with the side characters and whatnot 
Yeah, there's like a plot, but there's sort of almost not a plot at the same time. <laughs> like there's not really there's I mean, there is one like bad character, but he's sort of almost like a side thing on his own. Like, yeah, yeah it just everyone is likable in the end. Everyone gets along. Everyone's very sweet. And another thing I think when you think about or when that I anticipated coming into this was that the songs in this would sort of be almost like a lonely island, like dick in a box kind of songs where, <laughs> yes, it's a musical and yes, it's fun, but all of, but the songs are like not actually that good. And they're all sort of just comedy and song form, like an SNL bit. But all of the songs are actually like good, <laughs> fun, very listenable pop songs. Like I got downloaded the tracks on Spotify mm. and been listening to them nonstop since like they're yeah. a good time. And yeah. I think that just between the music and everybody having fun and everybody doing like these weird accents and in weird <laughs> costumes, it's just like, what is not to like? It's so joyful. There's like not, mm. there's nothing bad there. Yeah. And it sort of reminded me of like pitch perfect is an obvious comparison. Yes. Um, and you also the greatest have, like, showman yeah. I think is another similar movie. And you have these like fun bits where like Graham Norton is the presenter of the Eurovision, like the commentator. And so he's fun to watch and he's, you know, a recognizable face. And then you also have this weird bit where Demi Lovato is like Iceland's most beloved pop star. And they're like sure that she'll go on to win Eurovision. And so she's in it for a hot minute. And and then <laughs> it's taken out rather swiftly and abruptly. And that was sort of where I was like, oh, okay, this movie's not, this movie knows like it's campy. Like this movie knows it's yes. silly and it's going to have fun with it. And you can kind of like relax into it instead of being like, what's with these accents? Like what's going on in this Iceland town? Why are we rooting for Will Ferrell as like a 45 year old living at home loser with his keyboard? But once things pick up, it really, it really does just morph into this just fun loving, let's sing songs and, and enjoy the craziness of this competition. It's almost, for, I mean, I'm not a huge Will Ferrell person in general, but it, it has sort of like an elf vibe to me, I think, <laughs> in that he seems to be like playing someone who I think is like younger. You know what I mean? Like right. how an elf, like he's a grown man, but he's playing like this childlike elf. And I think he's doing something similar here where he's very innocent in some way. And I think that huh. I like him more in that role than I do in some of these other movies where he's... See, I thought that was the one thing that always rubbed me the wrong way is Will Ferrell's character. Because to me, he just seemed very realistically this guy who thought he deserved more than he'd ever gotten who wanted more than he'd ever care to work for. And he was just like this lonely heart, sort of forty, mid-40s, late-40s, I don't know, oldie who just was resentful that he hadn't had his dreams come true yet. And Rachel McAdams, alternatively, is like very bubbly and sweet and young and just wants to live with, like she's determined to have him love her like that's all she wants she's not really into his dreams of rocking the world and becoming world famous she just wants him to see her and so that becomes sort of the central storyline where he's sort of like resistant to 
loving her because he's like, oh, I just want to focus on music. I just want to do my music thing. I have to win Eurovision. And she just goes along with it. And then suddenly they get to this bigger world and people start to realize that Rachel McAdams is a talented one. And so Will Ferrell becomes all like, no, wait, what? I'm not the center of attention. And wait, I don't get... I don't get her full attention anymore. Like, why is she talking to this other guy? And I'm jealous now. So suddenly she's worthy of my love and affection. But then it just it's just too familiar of a trope at this point for me to really like accept. It just feels like really centering on this egotistical male's experience. And that was something I really struggled with in the film. Uh, I I mean, I I sort of got the vibe that like both of them were playing characters who are like 15 years younger than the actors (laughs) that they are. What is that based on though? Because everyone's making fun of him for living at home and still wanting But they're just so old and everyone else is, (laughs) that they're competing with is like so much younger. I don't know. I mean, how old is Dan Stevens? He's 40 Like in his 30s? Maybe. Dan Stevens age. You're right. He's 37. Yeah, I mean, maybe they wanted to do some sort of blind casting that I way. Mean, but well, I, I don't. I don't, I don't think. I mean, I think that Will Ferrell. I mean, Will Ferrell, I guess, is married to a woman who's Swedish, and so that's how mm. he became fan of uh, Eurovision, like back 20 okay. years ago, and has wanted to make this movie. So I'm sure that that is why that. And he wrote the movie as well right. um, and was a producer. So that's why he's in it. Not that like, oh, they were trying to do blind casting or whatever. Right. But I don't know. I mean, I thought that he, yes, he is like very selfish in the beginning. But you can tell that he always like cares about Rachel McAdams character, even if he's not, um, I, I don't know. He's not, I didn't, I thought that he was always sort of like nice to her. And then when he realizes at the end that like, yeah, she is the talented one. He is able to put himself aside and be like, okay, like we're not even going to play this song. That's, uh, well, yes. I mean, yeah. that's the arc of the movie is that he goes from being someone who's like, not as great to someone who is getting better. Right. But I also thought that the movie like it's it's about Will Ferrell. Like I mean, I guess you could say he's the main character, but really the audience is rooting for Rachel McAdams the mm-hmm. entire time, and she like steals the show out from under Will Ferrell. And I sort of think that another reason why this movie works so well is because Will Ferrell like allows that to happen. He's <laughs> never like trying to overpower her. Like she sort of just does her own thing for most of the movie, and he's almost like a supporting character in parts interesting yeah i yeah i mean i see your point and i think it is like it didn't ultimately ruin the movie for me but i just get sort of irritated when the storyline becomes man has 40 years to get over his dickishness but doesn't until another man comes into the picture and threatens to take away this girl who had fawned over him for years but yeah i mean and that was also something i liked is that like I said, I thought Dan Stevens' characters would turn out to be like this evil guy who was tricking the poor, innocent, naive Rachel McAdams. But Rachel McAdams does have a really interesting arc here where where she's allowed to just be who she is and want what she wants. And she's also like, she does start to realize like, oh, I do have like a voice and talents and I want to stand up for myself but do I want does that mean I want to leave everything I love about my hometown behind to go off with this Russian and make music and own lots of 
palaces and cars and tigers, you know? And so it was fun to see her interact with Dan Stevens' character and kind of play with this. It's not necessarily like he's seducing her. It's more like, hey, I think you're pretty talented and I think we could work well together. Like, what do you think? And she has to kind of grapple with, okay, like, what do I really want if my dream was to marry Will Ferrell, but he's ignoring me now? Like, what, what do I go back to? Iceland for and so it was fun to kind of see the storylines come together in a surprising way um I just yeah I just struggle with that sort of male takes 35 years to grow up situation well yeah yeah and at a certain point there is like a um you know with Will Ferrell and some of these other comedians it's like yeah they're they're like they're too old to be playing certain roles almost, but they like still want to play them. So it's yeah. like, okay, I guess this is happening. Um, but going back to something you were talking about earlier about how there's just like these fun bits throughout the movie. Yeah. I found myself laughing so much. It just like random asides and things that are going on. There's this whole plot line where Will Ferrell keeps running into American people and is like annoyed <laughs> that they are coming to Iceland and is just annoyed with them in general as tourists. But all of the Americans are like sort of too dumb and oblivious to realize that he's <laughs> insulting them the whole time. And I just thought that has to be so real because <laughs> for the past 10 years, I'm mean, not even that many, like five years, Iceland has been such like the location for American tourists. And I'm yeah. sure that everyone who spent, you know, their, last 50 years living there with no Americans showing up at all is like why are these people (laughs) coming like what a miserable experience so yeah yeah, I just thought those were so funny all those jokes that was a fun through line and also just like (laughs) I mean yeah I think that was really what elevated the movie for me was that there happened to be all these other tangentially funny parts and so it kind of carried the rest of the the storyline because it's not a complicated storyline. Oh no. But you get to see all these people doing their little song and dance numbers and all these little off, you know, eye rolls and whatever else reacting to these dumb Icelandic kids and it was it was definitely a fun time and there's a moment where they're doing their semifinal performance and like it's strangely <laughs> emotional like you're like oh they're actually like doing it they're pulling it off no one believed in them like look at them go and it's just like you're just like why do i care so much about this dumb movie that should have just been like an snl style skit but instead managed to like pull at the heartstrings a little bit <laughs> well and in that semi-final performance that's the one with the hamster wheel yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's like Rachel McAdams is wearing this dress that has like a long scarf part that they mention like, oh, this has a long scarf. And and you also know that there's this hamster wheel. Like you can see coming from a mile away that this scarf is going to get caught in the hamster wheel. It's going to be a disaster. And yet, for whatever reason, the um, execution of that, I found so funny. Like it's so stupid and it's not something and it's like, you know, it's not surprising at all when it happens, but I still found it so funny. And then the fact that they're still trying to like sing through it because they want to (laughs) prove themselves. Yeah. It's like that scene just worked so well. And I feel like it could so easily have fallen apart. Yeah. It's almost like they knew how, cheesy they could get and they stopped themselves like right before (laughs) and they knew how like 
insane they could have made that. They could have had like an entirely different you know, flying contraptions going awry and like pitch perfect where she ends up uh, mooning oh, yeah, the mooning entire Obama. audience or vomit projectile vomiting. Like it never reached an unrealistic sort of extreme either, which I appreciated. And so it all sort of felt like, okay, like I can, I can believe this, you know, I mean, aside from how they end up getting the Icelandic <laughs> top pick anyways, but then that was explained too. So Oh yeah. Well when <laughs> yeah, when that was all explained later, I was like, oh my gosh, this is yeah, like it just the pieces <laughs> fit together so well. And it's just like campy enough. The accents are so wild and the costumes and just the way everything happens. But at the same time, it's so sweet. And there's yeah. just such like a it's such an atmosphere of like all of these people from all these different countries, just like coming together, singing. I also think because it's during coronavirus, it's like, Oh, yeah. look at all these people are close together. They're all getting <laughs> they're along. Yeah. Like no one's fighting all these people from different backgrounds. And yet they're yeah. all like learning to respect each other. It's just, it makes you feel so good watching it. Yeah. Yeah, and was it ever intended for a theatrical run or was it just Netflix only? No, I think it was always just Netflix. I mean, maybe oh. Netflix was would have done something, you know. That's too bad because I was going to say, I feel like the finale song um, that she well, sings could have done, could have had a running for best original song at the Oscars. I mean, but maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm just no, I No, I, I think... No, I, I was going to bring that up, too, because I think that's a real thing. Like, Netflix movies are usually qualify for the Oscars. So I would think that this oh, would have right. been... But I thought they one needed of, a theatrical run. Like... Well, like I mean, Roma a qualifying and... theatrical run. So mm. I don't... I don't... I mean... The thing is that Netflix like now has that theater out in Los Angeles and one oh. in New York that they can like put things in. Right. So they very well could have like been planning to put that in there. Um, yeah. And <laughs> so, yeah. So I think if they want to qualify this for best song, they easily like could do that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like every single song on this soundtrack is like such a bop. Like it's <laughs> they're just so much fun. <laughs> Have you listened to them all through? I guess I haven't gone back to listen to them all, but there's definitely ones that like other bands performed at like Eurovision that I was like, yeah, I'd skip oh, that so hard. No, they are they are <laughs> so good. Like I like some of those are the best ones, honestly. But yeah. yeah, all of their I think the weakest song in the whole movie is Volcano Man, which is the opening <laughs> one and the one they use to as like the trailer, I don't know why they went with that because that's the it's the worst song out of everything, and also it's sort of like the dumbest part of the movie. Well, I that, think that's that's why, right? They wanted to take you by surprise at how heart wrenching it really I would guess. be. Yes, I mean, <laughs> I had my so I watched this and was like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest movie that's you know ever been made, and was texting various friends about it and how they should watch it. And I think that this is a common experience. I saw multiple people on Twitter and Instagram like talking about how fun and good this movie is, and my friends were like, oh yeah, I watched five minutes. It looked, it was bad, and I'm like, that's because yeah. the first five minutes is just frigging Volcano Man. Like you have to get past <laughs> that to get to the good stuff. They don't sing Yaya yeah. Ding Dong fast enough in the movie <laughs> i will say it is it does suffer from a slow start like it was sort of hard 
to see it coming together while they were in the early while they were in Iceland basically like before they got selected and so if you have sort of given up on it or think maybe it doesn't look good it really does pay off in a surprising way halfway through the movie (laughs) well and I mean going back to the Oscar chances for it with all of these songs that they have to choose from it's like okay (laughs) in the heights got bummed is West Side Story gonna come out now because of uh, Ansel Elgort like you can sort of envision a situation in which some of these movies that would have you know just like naturally taken up one of those best song spots are now gone like this feels like it could be the get that like everybody um everybody's awesome like Mm -hmm. uh oscar best song situation and yeah i really did like the song that that she sings at the end the rachel mcadams yeah one about the hometown not sung by rachel mcadams (laughs) so again like you know good yeah. It's sung by um the girl from who does the voiceover for uh The Greatest Showman's like never enough, right? Is it the same girl? Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. It could no, be. I doubt it. It sounded the same or it reminded me of that. Oh. But anyways, it was like a very powerful number. I don't think any of the other songs in this movie would stand a single chance at the Oscars, but the like home song is more of a ballad. It's more emotional. And, you know, I think that would be the only one that really. I love Double Trouble, though. Like the yeah, song. That they... Let's be realistic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Double Trouble. So good. <laughs> and then if they did that one, can you imagine Will Ferrell performing at the Oscars? <laughs> like that would be so good, too. Um, okay. We have not talked yet about the song along thing in the middle where all of these other Eurovision past Eurovision contestants are (laughs) singing with Will Ferrell in this it sort of reminded it definitely reminded me of the um scene in the riff off scenes in the um pitch perfect movies but it's basically all these people just singing like a mashup of I got a feeling and Waterloo by ABBA and this this there's a share song mixed in there and it was so much fun. I loved seeing all of the different types of people who compete in Eurovision all singing together. And the part that just tickled me so much is there's a part where like it's all of them it's like all these people there's like maybe eight or nine of them all like young hip whatever they're all like standing in a circle you know sort of like singing and together and then will ferrell is also there in the same circle like singing with them and i just thought it was so funny to see like all of these actual good singers and then will ferrell also there (laughs) but it's like it's not but it's not like a joke that he's they you know it's not like a mean thing they're not right. doing it in a mean way. It's almost like a accepting kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. I was just, I loved it. Loved the whole thing. No, it was surprisingly, like, all of it was surprisingly sweet. I was like, I just, you know, you have a certain brand on Netflix for these dumb, dirty comedies. Yes. And they're stupid, patched together quickly, you know, throwing some common, like, bodily humor jokes. And so this one was just so surprisingly sweet and like endearing. And so even in that scene where you have like Dan Stevens singing his opera bravado and Rachel McAdams voiceover hitting these high notes, like it was still just like, oh, like they're just all so good and they're so friendly and they're all having fun when it very well could have gone the opposite direction where they're all competitive and nasty and 
and judgy and mean, but they're all just like there for the music, man. <laughs> uh, such a blast. And you know what? One movie I kept getting visions of as I was watching this was Isn't It Romantic? And I was like, oh my gosh. These are just, you no. know, no, no, they're no, very, no, 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 they're the no, same, like joyful, exuberant, uh, love. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> The dance scene at the end of Isn't It Romantic? That, that's maybe the one thing that this movie could have used a little bit more of is choreography. I could have used just like <laughs> a, like a one big dance number somewhere in there. Probably but. limited from Will Ferrell's perspective. So, But Will Ferrell's voice was honestly better than I thought it was going to be. Really? Because every time he, like when he interrupted Rachel McAdams' big, big song, I was like, stop, please. Please, you're ruining this. I mean, me. like, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> is he as good as the other people not necessarily but <laughs> he is better than i thought he was going to be I guess, like yeah. there are parts where he's singing that it actually sounds like singing and not like talk singing <laughs> which is what i think most of these actors sort of like get away with yeah low bar the there's all these scenes shot in edinburgh which like i was there last year mm-hmm. and it just that got me giving me the feels uh I just oh, yeah. can't say enough good things about good. this movie. It was good escapism and a nice, just easy to watch, fun time. I was annoyed, though, that it only got a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. It has like an 80-something in the audience score, but I was like, these, uh, yeah. these foul critics <laughs> cannot appreciate like a good thing. Clearly, some people are not aware of what camp is and how that works and are like, this is stupid. Is I don't like this saying, movie. Or were critics more like, yeah, this is sort of a half-baked, like it doesn't really, you know, it's, it's not really strongly uh, scripted. Uh, you know, there's some... Strongly scripted? This was immaculate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all, honestly, Greatest Showman, I think, only got like 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, but had like a 90% audience score. So you're Here's right. the thing. Here's the it. difference, though. I think, like, Greatest Showman also has really good songs to it, which I think carry The Greatest Showman. And there's mm. also better choreography in that. Yeah. The problem with The Greatest Showman, though, is that the whole time I was watching it, I was thinking they're trying to pass this off as like a empowering different people (laughs) narrative which is not what the circus ever was it was never like a we're all different and quirky and we're all like and that's why we're all like coming together the circus was like come look at these freaks (laughs) you know like we got this woman with the beard let's go laugh at her where the movie was trying to be like yeah uh barnum and bailey or whoever it was um (laughs) is like yeah he was just trying to like accept all these different kinds of people Mm. and empower them and i was like this is some historical shenanigans going on because that was not the case where eurovision i think actually is you know like supporting all different kinds of people so yeah you're right (laughs) still love it but yeah you know everyone should watch it and then they can compare which is like the better altogether film so i am obviously saying that this is a watch it now and honestly watch it again tomorrow and the next day (laughs) and then get that soundtrack on spotify and it's just full of earworms like there is it's a no skip album so good yeah i mean Um, have you haven't listened to it they do a cover of happy which is really good i hate that song i hate it so much i mean i hate it too but i still like it in this (laughs) because this cover i'm into it the only bad uh, yeah. song is Volcano Man, honestly. 
Wow. Yeah. Well, high praise from Matt. I'm happy for you. This was one of your most looked forward to, and here you are, you know? Well, some you sometimes you have to manifest something. Yeah. You speak it, it into off. the world, and it happens. Yes. Theaters will all be open, and there'll be no coronavirus by <laughs> August 1st. <laughs> yes. I mean, honestly, I think this is the only movie you were looking forward to that you actually have seen, so... Well, I was also looking forward to Artemis Fowl, and that sadly did not happen as well. So. <laughs> That's not on your list, though, so it didn't make your top ten. I think that was actually on my list the previous year, oh. and then it got bumped. Mm-mm. It makes sense. Makes sense. Mm. Okay, well, uh, rapid fire questions. You got any? Yes. Uh, okay, so. I'm assuming that based on how well this is done and how much people like this, that they are going to make a Eurovision Song Contest 2, which I'm all here for because the music was honestly really fun. Mm -hmm. But which famous singer do you think is going to come back for at least a song in that movie, a la a Demi Lovato in this movie? Hmm. I think a good choice would be Well, I feel like they have to be American for it to be, like, a good joke. So, like, Adele would be, like, too talented to have on there. But maybe someone like, honestly, Pharrell would be a good choice. Just a sort of nobody. Or, like, John Legend. You know, like, someone who you don't really expect in that sort of campy avenue. But who would be fun to watch try and be funny. Troy Sivan is... uh... Oh, what, yeah. Like for Australian or something. I feel like he would be very good in it, but I don't know yeah, how the nationality thing factors in there. <laughs> Although I, I was reading that Australia now can compete in Eurovision, but he oh might be God. from New Zealand. So I don't know about that. <laughs> also, like Israel can compete. Honestly, they're letting in everybody yeah, in Eurovision, I think. America. Like, or... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not us. And now we got Corona. <laughs> yeah. So we're definitely not going to be allowed. Not happening. The um, EU is like a no go. Yeah, so my question for you is who, what Hollywood star would you want to be your partner in a Eurovision performance? Do they have to be able to sing or am I... uh... No, they could always do voiceover work, I guess. You know what? Honestly, I think someone who would be fantastic for a sequel of this is Anne Hathaway, who can (laughs) sing and does love these kind of weird campy things. Like, couldn't you see her as like an evil somebody or another doing some (laughs) kind of weird accent in the sequel to this? Yes. No, that'd be good. Yeah. I thought... I thought uh, Ryan Reynolds, he also would fit in this sort of comedy zone. I don't think you like him very much, but I think he, this is the one thing he's good at is sort of this camp. (laughs) I don't, I sort of don't know if he could be sweet enough though, because isn't his vibes that sort of, he's like a little mouthy. Well, yeah, but maybe he, you know, would either learn or he'd turn out to be a villain that the rest of Eurovision has to cast out, you know, there's options. Okay. Do you think that Taylor Swift would ever do something like this? Like, if they came to her I mean, and were like, hey, do you want to be in the sequel? Do you think that she'd be into that? I, I guess she did do anyone Cats. Would be, so. cause, yeah, and also with her, she she just did Cats because she thought it would be fun. Supposedly, that's her reasoning. So, I think she could <laughs> wink, argue wink. the same thing here, you know? I don't think she did Cats thinking she'd win an Oscar is what I'm saying, so... I could see it. I don't know if it'd be the right fit, but maybe. (laughs) Interesting. Do you think Beyonce would do it? No, 
No. no this is not never. Beyonce's vibe. It's too white. It's like no, uh, no interest there. I th- I love Beyonce, but I think that she is not necessarily a super funny person, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, no, I, I think she's fair. she's much more serious. And like, I mean, we didn't talk about this, but she's she made, I guess, a whole yeah. like video for the Lion King album that came out yeah. last summer, which I'm sort of like, why exactly? Like, <laughs> this fe- it feels like, matter, Matt, honestly. well, right. But the video isn't. Like, they made it before that, didn't they? <laughs> before that. Oh, honey. I mean, you know. Well, I mean, black yes. Black activism but... has been around a few, a few no, years, I guess. No, yes. Right. Yes, 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 yes. But it's weird that the timing for the video would be a year after the movie right. soundtrack came out. You know what I mean? She's like, if it was tied I'm sure into that. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I see. She did Dreamgirls, not like, you know oliver twist you know there's uh, there's a vibe yes there that I although see. she she did do pink panther so i guess i have to give her credit for that <laughs> okay sure uh, any other another question i was going to ask what is the most cringy thing you've ever done as a tourist oh let's think i mean I guess pretty much probably any jumping photo I've ever done, you know? Like Oh, I, gosh. Yeah, I'm sure. And I also had a selfie stick, but I don't remember if I ever took that to Europe. Because I, <laughs> I think I had it around New York, you know, like ironically, you know? Like, it was just yes. so funny. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure just like a jumping photo in the middle of a very crowded, famous piazza or something is... is <laughs> take the cake uh, what about you you've traveled more recently uh, well i f- i feel like i in general i'm like a terrified tourist <laughs> of like uh of like n- not like someone's gonna rob me but like someone might think i'm yeah. i'm stupid like yeah. my the great my the crowning achievement for me was when i was in oxford last year and P- and like tourists stopped me and asked me for directions to things like oh, that was nice. that happened twice and i was like honestly this like i've never been better yeah. like that i'm actually a tourist but i somehow look like i'm not um but once my family went to we were driving from michigan to florida and we had stopped at some gas station in like i don't know georgia or tennessee somewhere in the south and the man who was working at the gas station kept saying a phrase that we thought was free donuts. And our family thought that he was saying that the that these Krispy Kreme donuts that were there were free. And so and so my and so we were like, oh, should we get some? Like they you know, were very confused. And then finally my mom went up and asked the guy, like, so wait, all the donuts are free? And he's like, No. And we realized he was saying fresh donuts, but somehow was saying it in a way that we thought was free and it was like oh well that is just mortifying like we can't even figure out what a southern accent is and also we thought that like also we thought that all of the Krispy Kreme donuts in display were free like why when has that ever been a thing like no we're idiots you know what I just remembered um when I was on my study abroad in London we were there over the 4th of July and we happened to be touring through some sort of like famous mine and the whole group I was with started singing the national anthem as we went down the mine 
And I remember just being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to jump out of this elevator right now. Like I'm so <laughs> embarrassed. Like they're just like screaming at the top of their lungs. It's this public space. Like it's echoing through the mine shaft and these poor elevator operators are just like, oh, like you could just feel the cringe in the air as they rub the Americans. One of them was wearing an American flag. Like that's that's the level of American pride my study abroad group brought to England during the 4th of July. And I think I blocked that from my memory until right now. Yikes. Like, yeah. truly yikes. Any kind <laughs> yeah. of, like, big group singing thing, not great. Yeah. Not great. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so in this movie, there's a whole bit about the elves of Iceland and how Rachel McAdam believes in them and Will Ferrell doesn't really, but then it ends up being this like famous wives tale of Iceland. And I was wondering if you, if they made a movie about your rise to stardom, what like weird thing about your hometown would end up being crucial to the plot somehow? Well, my, I grew up in Elsie, Michigan, which is known for having a lot of cows. Like (laughs) we have a huge dairy farm there. There's a giant statue of a cow in the middle of town. Every summer there's a dairy festival, there's a the 5k is called the dairy dash you know so very like cow themed <laughs> so i'm sure that something would have to do with that in like my origin story yeah. um like i don't know i don't know if there's any like mythical cow legends right. but definitely something in there. you know something with yeah. the cows my hometown i guess um is the one thing that always stuck out to me was that Dairy Queen was like the it spot for everyone to go. Like there was one Dairy Queen and it wasn't like it was the only fast food place, but for some reason Dairy Queen was like it for the popular high school kids, for prom dates. Like everyone would go there after school, after events and just hang out at this Dairy Queen. So I feel like it'd be Was something... it one of the indoor ones or was it an yeah, outdoor yeah. one? No, it was an indoor. It was an indoor Dairy Queen just on a random was it a grill and chill or just the ice cream thing? <laughs> no, it was a full restaurant. So they had like the chicken fingers and everything. And and so I guess people just love Dairy Queen for whatever reason. As you know, I'm a Taco Bell I mean, girl. So. Blizzards are, they're pretty great, <laughs> yeah. I will say. Yeah. And so that's just where everyone would end up. So I feel like it'd somehow pop up and like my, like discovering a Dairy Queen in the middle of Iceland or something would be part of my mythical. Uh, I have not had ice cream in since the beginning of quarantine, That's and it is so hot that thing. I'm just you like. Have, you talked about Wendy's, um, Frosties almost every episode. Oh, Frosty Chino! It's not ice. <laughs> it's coffee. They just put like a dollop of Frosty oh, okay, in it. Okay, okay. So I mean, a it full milkshake blend. Oh no, no no I mean no okay, it it okay. is the consistency of regular iced coffee. It just okay. has a faint frosty <laughs> taste to it. You know, honestly now that I'm saying this, I don't even know if they put like frosty frosty in there or if it's some kind of syrup <laughs> or something that they have that okay, just has that I taste. See. Yeah. But I mean, yes, those are great. PS everyone go get one. But I could really use like a peanut butter cup blizzard right now. Mm. Yeah, maybe there's mm. a Dairy Queen within walking distance that you there is not discovered. Oh. The nearest Dairy Queen oh I've looked. The nearest Dairy Queen is on 14th Street, which oh. is a long way from Queens. That's rough. And who knows if they're even open. Yeah. They probably are at this point <laughs> open. 
people are out. I'll, you know. You'll get your ice cream one day. I'll take the tour bus down there with yeah. nobody wearing masks. It'll be great. Yeah. This movie, such <laughs> a fun ride. I'll be listening to the soundtrack until the day that I die. <laughs> Just so freaking enjoyable, yeah. honestly. I've been listening to it when I've been working out. I've been listening to it when I've been wandering around. I was like doing the classic like brush your teeth, lip sync, and a mirror to some of the songs oh, last wow, night. Yeah. Do your roommates like it or? Oh, they don't know. You know, this I'm in I'm in my own situation at this point. You know, who yeah. knows what they're doing? Well, I'm glad you found some joy in these dark times, and hopefully, our next week, whatever we end up covering, is is something equal equal to this. But it's really, well, you know, statistically I mean, I, improbable. I, yes, I mean it, Hamilton is coming out oh, this week, yeah. so maybe that, if nothing else happens, yeah, which that's true. I've 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 seen, um, <laughs> although not with the original yeah. cast. Yeah. Um, so. But this will be a, a it'll be an opportunity for you to you know sort of like catch up on what the whole rest <laughs> of the world has known for so long. Yeah, like what is Hamilton? Like I don't know. Do I know any of the music? Like uh, so hard to say. Yeah, I'm just already bracing myself for the part where you wrap the satisfied verse on our podcast <laughs> next week. So, yeah, fans to to. have that to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, follow us on social media. We're at PSU Wrong on Instagram, on Twitter. You can send us an email, although I haven't checked those in a while. So sorry about that. <laughs> um, the yeah, you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the real. That's what the real fans do. No, they leave us a review. That's what we're looking for. Okay, great. Bye, guys.